fake outrage, lack of real outrage, Nancy Pelosi ripped up a speech, coronavirus whispers of a cure sent the market soaring today, who needs juniors for torque or leverage when you could just trade Tesla stock? There's a lot going on and we have some breaking news with Mitt Romney voting to convict President Trump. He's voting for the article of impeachment, one of the two, breaking with the typical Republican partisan line. Donald Trump Jr. is angry. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk Google sending private videos, your videos, to strangers. The New Orleans Saints helping the church cover up a sex scandal. No way. Lots going on. We'll talk gold. We'll talk markets. We'll talk juniors doing good things out there. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 56 of the most appropriately titled podcast ever, Bizarro World. Mr. Hodge, how are you today? Oh, gosh. Um, Busy, busy, busy. As I know you are, there's financings happening. We're in a gold bull market. We had uh, the Iowa caucus. We had the state of the... Union, it's been a, a pretty crazy week so far. Uh, we're recording early, and so even though it's abbreviated, we've got plenty to get to. So wherever you want to start, I'm all yours. You know, let's get right to it. Let's start with the markets first, and then we'll get to all the silliness by 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 the two major parties in this country and why neither of them really care for you unless you're rich. And then both of them love you, right? Um, you're going to be okay if you're rich, everybody. If you're not, you're both probably fucked. But let's start with the markets. Um, the Dow is up nearly 500 points today. We're right near the 30,000 level again. Um, there's whispers of a coronavirus cure. Um, it's affected gold a bit. Gold is down to the 1560 level last time I checked. I'd love to hear your thoughts on whether or not you think Bad news is good news now, and good news is great news, and the markets continue higher. Well, it sort of has been for a while, right? When we saw soft earnings or soft GDP, the the market would rally. I'm just talking over the past several years now, right? Because it was like, oh, whoever it was, right? Um, whoever the head of the, the Federal Reserve was, was going to cut rates to accommodate the market. Um, and it's it almost seems as though... Um, that's where we're back to now. We talked about the potential for a, a rate cut um, this year, um, likely at the June meeting if it happens uh, to, to get you know spaced out from the election that we're having in November. This market just continues to climb um, walls of worry and it continues to throw around valuations that are, I mean, they're simply um, mind bending, right? Like, um, Volatility has completely disappeared. We got a decent spike over the the past week. The TVIX is is right back down um, to where it was. Tesla went up by over one hundred dollars <laughs> to two days this week, like a hundred dollar increase in share price. It was one hundred and eighty, uh, and just nine months ago, it traded at one hundred and eighty. Talk about volatility, yes, sir. That's correct. It's a nine hundred dollar stock pulled back a bit. Today was close to getting, and then this just puts it in perspective, right? Was close to being valued at um, the most valuable car company in the world, right? And when you look at that relative to sales, it's a, it's a bit nonsensical. I'm not, you know, a Tesla detractor. I'm not a Tesla short guy. I'm pretty ambivalent, but that valuation, um, taken in context, um, is just indicative of all the money that's in the system and why 
um, to your question, the market continues to go straight up. I mean, the money's got to go somewhere and it goes into U.S. equities. It's, you know, I mean, Dalio made this pretty clear. It's not that hard to figure out or wrap your head around and it. It continues to happen until it won't. Right. Agreed. Uh, to, to your Tesla point, it's interesting to me that while Tesla obviously has has soared. Right. I mean, talk about a painful short if you were on the wrong side of that one. Um, what's interesting to me is that simultaneously. Uh, General Motors and Ford stock is down pretty significantly over the last few days. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, you have to ask the question, did analysts and speculators and, and, and funds, big funds, finally ask themselves the question of what the future of vehicles looks like? Because we've said, I've said on this podcast and privately, that although Elon Musk always overpromises and is always late on those promises, he usually does deliver. It just takes a lot longer than he typically um, announces. And that's why people say that, you know, he's a fraud or what have you. But, you know, it, it, it it's odd to me that it's not just the short squeeze on the Tesla side of it. It's very real money coming out of the major car makers here in the U.S., and abroad. And, you know, the, the CEO of Volkswagen has come out and said what, I, what, what we said a, a few months ago, um, Tesla's real mild data um, from their autopilot, and you can disagree with the autopilot labeling all you want, but the real life miles that it's logged puts it above and beyond anybody that wants to compete in the, uh, you know, automated cars and electric vehicle space. That's just a fact. It's going to be very difficult for anybody to catch up. And when you start looking ahead with, with, with the truck and um, with, with semi-trucks, electric semi-trucks, and all of the different things that he's hinted to, um, the latest, by the way, is a gigafactory here in Texas. Um, it just makes you wonder, <laughs> one, why it takes so long for the big money to ask the question, and two, is 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 it now a, a a turning point where we see the Fords and the GMs of the world um, go the way of you know trends in the past that 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 just overtook them the blockbusters of the world and we're seeing it with Macy's and a lot of these brick and mortar stores that just aren't practical anymore the Amazons and the Netflix are the are the future is it that time for Tesla? Oh, that's a that's a big sea change and I know we don't see the the sea changes coming right but. I have to think with the amount of technology out there and the amount that um, other automakers um, are starting to invest in the space that um, they'll at least compete and have their own models. I'm not sure who's who's going to be the leader, but I can certainly see um, why analysts and big money are turning their attention to Tesla. I mean, did you see the one analyst had like a, a trillion dollar revenue figure on it in the in the future on the on the company? Well, I'll put a link up to it. Um, pretty crazy. Look, I don't know if they're going to dominate. What I do know is that um, I'm a trend and, and a resource guy. And so when the trend comes into focus, um, I don't really care who's making the car and the battery because I know that they all need nickel and cobalt and lithium and copper, right? And so that's always been sort of um, how I view things, even you know, doing lithium in, in 2015 or vanadium or beryllium back in the day or graphite in 2012. Um, that's sort of that's sort of how I view the world and how I invest in things. So um, I know I'm giving you a non-answer, and that's because I don't know the answer. <laughs> and quite frankly, I don't give a fuck. I just know that we're going to need a lot of lithium and cobalt. It's actually a very important point, though. You mentioned the things that, regardless of how this plays out for Tesla, we should be paying attention to, right? Um, 
what is the trend? What is the mega trend? You coined it as the electrification of everything in a speech at the New Orleans Investment Conference put on by Brian London and his fantastic staff. And you did this back in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and and the, the bottom line is whether it's Tesla that wins or Volkswagen or, or whoever it is, the trend is absolutely clear, everybody. And, and what's also clear is that significant discoveries of stuff like copper and lithium and, and these other materials that are going into these battery packs and these cars um, are, are, are few and far between in the scale of what we need to satisfy the future demand. I don't know if Tesla is able to generate a trillion dollar in revenue by 2024, but I know even if it's half of that, copper is going to be four, five, six dollars a pound. Lithium, which, you know, you take a look at the juniors and the majors. Um, I was calling for a lithium bottom in Q4 of 2019 and they've, you know, better lucky than great, right? Um, lucky call, but it's been, a, it's been an accurate one. I think, you know, those companies are starting to outperform. So um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely the, the more important point, despite you saying that you didn't give a fuck about, you know, the, 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 the merit of the question, you actually nailed it right on the head. I think that is the point. The point is invest in the things that these companies are going to need because it's much easier to get that part of it right than whether or not Tesla is going to generate a trillion dollars in revenue by 2024. That's exactly right. And just like um, like you said, it took the smart money or the big funds or whatever you want to call it to, to realize sort of what the future is going to be. Um, I haven't seen a real realization yet of what the fundamental building blocks are um, that are required to, for, for that future. And so I think when you when when the market has that aha moment, right, that's why we're contrarians, right? You'll see copper stocks going up like Tesla stocks going up. Absolutely. And in the words of Rick Roll, I'd rather be in the market early than not be in the market when it turns. Fair. What did he what did he say? Because he's jealous of the gains that other people make or something like that. He doesn't. <laughs> he, he's greedy with his profits. And as a capitalist, I can respect that. Um, <laughs> let, 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 let's talk human toll on. We, we talked about the pullback in copper last week. It's it's rallied rather significantly this week within the context of, you know, the fact that it was a 250 and looking to break down. And now it's sitting there at 260, 261. And, and it looks like it's got a little wiggle room. But let's talk about the real um, human toll so far. With coronavirus, um, we said that we thought or that I thought that within the next month or two, they would find some sort of solution, some cure, some way to isolate it. You made the great point that the regular flu is doing a lot more harm and damage, um, you know, to the overall population, although we can understand and are very sympathetic um, to why everybody's reacting to coronavirus the way that they are. Um, it's scary. There is no cure as of now. People don't know exactly what to expect. So we get that. Um, just some numbers today. It's Wednesday, February the 5th in the late afternoon. There are now more than 24,000 cases as of Wednesday afternoon. Um, total deaths are now at least 490. Um, oil has been hit. We talked about that. We talked about copper. Do you think they get a handle on this thing? I mean, you know, the, 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 I've, I've read that it's, it's um, exponentially worse than SARS, though the death rate is less. Is there anything there that mm -hmm. gives you um, hope that they get this under control in a timely manner? Well, the thing you just said is one thing. We, we heard this week that uh, HIV, the drugs that have been tested for, for use on HIV, 
um, when combined with with some other medications have been shown to be effective. And so, you know, that's one thing we're already coming up with cures, not a not a preventative, but something to you know cure people. And the second thing is I read today that the, the FDA has fast tracked a, a test. And, and this is a space I'm actually a tiny bit involved in. Right. So, you know, right now when you got to take a test for something and this is why they had to like quarantine 6000 people on a cruise ship because they thought one person was infected because it takes a long time to get results <laughs> from a, a test. You got to get the. Uh, the genetic or the biologic or the viral material, you got to, you know, get it into one of those Piper things. You know what I'm talking about? The yep. little dropper thing, send it to a lab. It takes days to get it back. And so FDA fast-tracked the test today that can, you know, identify it faster. So there's another step in the right direction. I think it depends on sort of, you know, what po- what sort of population centers it gets to, um, how fast it spreads. It sort of seems like I thought it would have been um, worse so far, but it sort of hasn't been. And I'm not sure if that's because um, to a large extent, it's it hasn't been in the United States. And so, you know, we're not as panicked and, and, and we're not hearing about it as much or because, you know, there's been so much in the news cycle that it's sort of um, not in the headlines like it was last week, you know, with the things that happened in at the Iowa caucus, et cetera. And so, um, I, I'm not sure, you know, I, I hope we do get a, a handle on it. And it seems like that's the direction it's trending in. And thank goodness, as you said, it's got a low mortality rate. A couple of points, Bill and Melinda Gates have committed a hundred million dollars, um, to improve detection, isolation, and treatment efforts, um, for coronavirus. That's one. So again, private capital, um, coming to, you know, stepping to the forefront and, and committing significant capital is always great to see. I, I, I always, you know, look back to T Boone Pickens last letter to people saying, you know, don't wait on government. Um, because, you know, private citizens are, are, are really, you know, the, 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 the foundation of, of this democracy. Um, and, and we're all human, right? So if you can step up, you should step up. So great to see Bill and Melinda Gates step up. Um, another, I'm gonna. This just broke to the Senate. Of course, just voted to acquit Trump on abuse of power charges. But before we get to that, and before we get to Mitt Romney, I want to talk about why you shouldn't trust government. Um, because in 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 what could be argued is one of the most important primaries in recent times for the Democrats. They don't know how to work a fucking app. Um, and and I'm gonna put my tin hat on here in a little bit. Um, actually, no, let me put it on right now and say this, this is a technology version of what they did with Bernie Sanders in 2016 when Hillary Clinton came out, um, and basically sideswiped him and all the momentum. And they basically said, no, you lost. You're going to take it. Bernie was surging in those polls. It's odd to me that, you know, an app that's supposed to be relatively simple to work is not functioning at a very primitive basic level by the head put in place by the head and vetted by the head of the dnc it's an embarrassment to the party um it gives me very little confidence and faith that these people can govern they can't even get an app to work to do something that pencil and paper could do just fine i would love to hear your thoughts and uh you know here we are a couple of days later we still don't have all the results they came out and did a partial result. 60% of the results um, were reported. Mayor Pete was ahead by a percentage point or two. Um, and in the last 24 hours, I think we got another 3%. This is embarrassing. 
This is embarrassing as, as, as you know, as a country, it's embarrassing because these are elected politicians. These are people that are elected to represent the constituents, right? These are the people in power. It is embarrassing. What do they say today, Gerardo? I, I just can't even. I mean, <laughs> um, I just can't. I mean, I was watching the caucus. Well, I was watching, you know, CNN while we were making dinner, waiting for results. And so um, Anderson Cooper, this is going to be long, by the way, Gerardo, you know me in the politics. Oh, um, I knew. I knew. I got another <laughs> one for you later that's going to be long, too, about the owner of the Saints having a close relationship to New Orleans Archbishop Gregory Amon, who released a list of 57 clergy members who were credibly accused of sexually abusing minors across multiple decades and um, how, how, how that gentleman and his wife and the, the brass at the New Orleans Saints was working with them to make sure the message was cleaner but I'll get your outrage on that later. Sounds saintly. Mm. Um, so, you know, Anderson Cooper is like, we'll be right back with the first results from Iowa. And <laughs> I looked at my wife and I was like, no, they won't be. And so, you know, they come back and Jake Tapper is doing his terrible man on the street routine. And he's in some high school trying to talk to people that are at the caucus. Um, and they go to another commercial and Jake Tapper is like, and after the break, we'll have the first results. And I looked at my wife and I was like, no, they won't. <laughs> and they come back on and it's like, then they put up the cry on breaking news. First IR results expected soon. Um, and then I put it on mute because we had to eat dinner and we don't do TV during dinner. And so um, we ate dinner, we cleaned up, I turned the volume back on and there was still no fucking results. Right. And I'm like, these assholes, they know there's no results. They're just teasing them and teasing them and teasing them for ratings. Right. And then. Um, I took to Twitter and that's when I learned, obviously, before CNN started talking about it, like an hour before CNN started talking about it, that there was um, delays as a result of a bug from an app that they had decided to use. And it was only um, 30 seconds from there that I learned um, where the app came from, uh, who created the app, how it was tied to um, advisors of Hillary and Obama campaigns uh, past. And then you know, um, before Wolf Blitzer even knew that there had been a delay in results, <laughs> I had already figured the whole fucking thing out, right? Well, here yep. comes the establishment to steal it from Sanders the same way they did in 2016, which we talked about last week, which I posted a link to, yep. uh, with that Donna Brazil wrote chronicling how uh, Hillary Clinton stole the nomination from Bernie Sanders in 2016. And by the way, I tweeted last week, here she comes to steal again. Yep. And what happened? Yep. What happened? They come to steal the fucking election from Bernie Sanders again. They let Buttigieg parade out there and, and claim victory when they know damn well the votes aren't in. Um, it's just about controlling the narrative. Look, I don't want to hear about snafus. I don't want to hear about crashed apps. That's the same thing they say when the banks launder money for terrorists or manipulate LIBOR. Like, it's not a snafu. It's not a fat finger. It's fucking fraud. I mean, and I can't say that any, any different way. I've been saying it for years now. They are not working for you. They are working for themselves and the candidates that they want to win and enact the policies that they want enacted. And it's clearly not Bernie Sanders on the Democratic side. And so they will do anything possible, including crashing the app or, or using an app designed by someone they know is not pro-Bernie um, to facilitate the Iowa caucus. And it came crashing down in spectacular fashion. We also talked about recently how the internet lets people see these things so clearly and so quickly, right? And like I just said, 
before CNN even knew there was a delay, Twitter knew what the fuck was going on. And I think everybody knows what the fuck is going on now. It's clear. It's borderline treasonous. It's it's borderline and maybe not borderline. It's 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 criminal. It's criminal. Listen, I, 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 I am not a fan of either party. There are some values that, 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 that I hold dear that, you know, are, are more closely aligned with, with Republican values. There are others socially that are more closely aligned with, with, you know, democratic values. And, and, and there's others where, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I lean more libertarian. And so I, 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 I'm not for one or the other, but, but this is borderline treasonous and it may be criminal. And the yeah, fact- I mean, I'm not really in favor of of one candidate or another, as you well know, but the process needs to be transparent and just, and it's clearly, clearly not. And, and, you know, here's an indicator too, and this is something for, for listeners, look to your core group of people, look around, look around. We talked about fake outrage and real outrage. If you have friends on the left and they're not outraged by this, you may want to reconsider how much attention you pay to these people's opinion. Because this is a big deal. This is a big deal, not just for the party, for the country. This should not be happening. This should not be happening um, after the whole debacle in 2016. This should not be happening after, you know, all of, of, the, of, the, of the, me, the media spectacle that was made around Russian interference in our elections, right? Um, it just should not be happening. This is Iowa. This is a tiny dot on the country's map and they can't do this right everybody should be worried and the only people that have any cover in my opinion on this whole thing is bernie bernie's the guy that joe rogan said last week i probably would vote for bernie because in 70 something years of life nobody's been able to come up with a scandal on this guy he shoots straight he's consistent don't agree with him on everything but at least he gives you that much and and and, I, and I'm starting to side with Joe Rogan when it comes to that side of things over there. Um, and I like Mayor Pete. You know, there's things that that, that I'm not a fan of, um, but there there's there's a lot to like there as well. Um, let's talk more fake outrage. Did you see the State of the Union address? I watched a large part of it. Yes. What'd you think of that? Oh gosh, man. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm the. <laughs> of the Trumpster either. So um, look, he's he's clearly peddling for the minority vote. Um, I think he, for a couple of reasons, uh, I'll start there and then I have some other thoughts. But, um, you know, I, I think he's got his white male base well locked up. And um, I think that there's no candidate that um, African-Americans gravitate to on the Democratic side, especially with Kamala and and Corey gone, not to say that black people people just vote for black people, but the two black candidates are out. And so um, I think Trump sees a chance to secure some of that vote. And maybe more importantly, I think he sees a chance to tell independents who are who are on the fence that, you know, he's not a racist or to try to to show his you know softer side or whatever. And so um Gosh, he probably highlighted four or five or six minorities last night from, um, you know, kids to servicemen, Tuskegee, former Tuskegee airmen. Um, gosh, he had the, 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 the president of, of Venezuela who's supposed to replace 
Uh, Maduro was there. I mean, there was Latinos and and blacks coming out of this guy's ears. He fist pumped the only, you know, the black senator that he called out by name. He gave him the old fist bump in the air. I was like, oh man, this is getting deep with the with the with the racial stuff. Well, he's going after the black and my and minority vote. Um, and then he and, shit you know, it all over immigrants, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, well, so that was I was going to get there. I actually missed most of that part, uh, but then I read some about it today. Yeah, and then he goes on about the camps and the borders of the wall, and then he gets into abortion, which as a libertarian I can't stand those things. And so, um, yeah, I don't agree with him obviously on on any of that. And there was all kinds of petty stuff, right? Whether it's him not shaking Pelosi's hand or Pelosi tearing up the copy of the speech that that Trump gave him. That's all. Uh, you know, pedantic, mundane, uh, bullshit theatrics, right? Or Jerry Nadler reading his pocket constitution like he really carries around a fucking pocket constitution all the time. Like, get the fuck out of here, Jerry. Um, it's all theatrics, right? Whether that's AOC boycotting and and doing a live Instagram, Twitter thing while he was doing it or two other congressmen walking out during the thing. You know, this is all like theatrics. One guy that walked out, uh, Congressman even said, I can't do this. It's just like the WWE, right? It's all fake. And that's exactly um, that's exactly what it is. It's all uh, pageantry. And so, gosh, I don't know. The takeaway, um, here's my takeaway. It's actually positive for Trump. I mean, what happened this week? Uh, Trump's uh, approval rating goes to the highest spin since he's been in office. And then even a- after he gives the speech, I'm listening to the uh, the follow up from the governor of Michigan, which I didn't think was that great. But then I'm listening to the pundits, right, the talking heads on CNN, sure, uh, sure. Bashes and the Van Jones or whatever. And they're even starting to praise this guy. And I'm thinking to myself, look at this. Democrats imploded this week on Monday night. Can't figure their shit out. Stuff comes up with the app. The next night, Trump gives the thing. And here you got Dana Bash and Van Jones giving the guy giving the guy props for his speech. And I'm like, well, man, if if the momentum and the shift isn't cemented here, it's like. I mean, we've talked about how we thought Trump was going to win again, but this week, it's, it's for me, it was really like, man, he's got this pretty good right now, right? Agreed. That was my take. My take is four more years. That's what you know. That that that's what this is. I mean, this is somebody that you know. I could go on and on. I I, I don't want to rehash the past and talk about him, you know, grabbing women by their private parts and, and and all of this. Like, look, it's all out there. He's shown you who he is, people. So you know. You can vote your pocketbook or you could vote your morals or you could vote your your ideology. Vote however you please. You have that right as an American in this country. Um, but but what we can't say, what we can't say as a country is that we don't know if, if he is voted back in for four more years, that we can't say that he hasn't shown us who he is. We we I think I think it's been clear, right? From having white supremacists as part of his advisory team and his cabinet to to you know the dog whistling on that front of it to to immigration policies and you know banning I mean, he has shown you clearly who he is. So, you know, the country gets the presidents they deserve and the country gets the politicians they deserve and you know, to each their own on that front. But that was my takeaway. My takeaway was four more years. Absolutely. I see that happening. Um, back, back, back to the point that I was, I was, for also, Christ. yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say for Christ's sakes, hopefully the Dems can feel a better, uh, feel the candidates next time for crying out loud. You would think, you know, I talked about last week how, you know, they changed the rules for Michael Bloomberg to get in there. Well, why didn't they do it for Julian Castro who policy wise has as much substance, um, as anyone on either side. And, and, you know, they didn't do that for he him. Count. He doesn't count billions. Exactly. Exactly. And that was my point. If you're rich, 
You're going to be all right. Our tax breaks will be good. Um, you know, our corporate rates, Nick, probably coming down again. There will be another tax cut that we as a country can't fund. It won't matter. It won't matter. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of like the wall, right? When, when, when he said, hey, we're going to build this wall. Mexico's going to pay for it. And then it was like, we're going to build this wall and we'll find a go around way for Mexico to pay for it. And then it was clear that wasn't going to happen. And it ended up being, yes, we are going to build this wall. We're going to take the money from the military. And nobody, no military, right? Yeah, nobody cared about that. So at the very least, I can say he's shown us who he is, which is more than most politicians are willing to do. Um, let's talk Mitt Romney. He, he, President Trump was just acquitted. Um, he is, he is, he, he won't be, you know, convicted. And so Romney says um, that he, he didn't care. He voted to convict, you know, and I, I he understood exactly what, um, the consequences were it wasn't going to be consequential as far as the vote went. Um, but, but, but I think he did this to cement his legacy as somebody that believes in his faith, which he used to justify the vote. Um, uh, somebody that I believe maybe, maybe believing in the Mormon faith is a real stretch to our, I was just going to get there. I was, I, you beat me to it, but let's get right to it. Um, he was very articulate in 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 what he alleged and, and not alleged and what 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 he communicated as to why he was voting to convict. And so, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Nick. I mean, I, I, I no I, good good for Mitt Romney. I mean, you know, he's a he's a product of the system. Look, he's he's very very wealthy. Has made his money in private equity. Knows how the system works. I think laments that he never got to be president. Don't forget, he ran several times. Um, probably is lamenting that he didn't take on Trump this time. Um, you know, if anybody were to beat Trump, it would probably or could probably be someone from his own party who stands up to him and and says, no, you know what, we're not we're not doing it this way. Um, just like he sort of voted to convict him today. But um, you know, I never truly minded Mitt, Mitt Romney. Uh, good for him for for standing up for what he believes in. I'm not sure there's any tablets in Missouri, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> you know who did mine? Donald Trump Jr. Did you see his tweet? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Little fucker. I don't like that guy. He says, Mitt Romney is forever bitter that he will never be president of the United States. He that's was, what I just said. Yep. He, he was too weak to beat the Democrats then, so he's joining them now. This is the part that gets me. This is the dog whistling part. He's just applying it to Mitt Romney on a partisan basis, not a racial basis. But this is the part that why I don't care much for Donald Trump Jr. Um, he's now officially a member of the resistance and should be expelled from the GOP. Like, how dare you have a different opinion within our party? This is what the administration thinks of you people out there. If you're a Republican, you better toe the line, bitches. And agree with the great Donald Trump, or you're a part of the resistance and kick rocks. And I think that just flies in the face of, you know, Republican friends that I have that, that, that maybe don't share, you know, all the same opinions about Donald Trump on every issue as nobody should, right? We should, we should go idea by idea if we're going to base this on policy. Um, but, but, but this is just so arrogant, so arrogant, like you disagreed, so you should be expelled from the GOP. Thoughts? Well, I've never, I've never cared for. No, of course you're right. I mean, you got to be able to dissent. There has to be room for um, logical argument and then differing of opinions to come to a, a consensus. And that just sounds petty. And and his beard also really irritates me. 
Agreed. Agreed. Let's talk about some more fake outrage. Nancy Pelosi ripped up the 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 State of the Union address speech or ripped up something at the end of it. Ooh, ooh, Queen Petty, right? And and the thing that gets me again is this is what we're talking about. That's not the that's not that's not what we should be paying attention to as a country. We should be paying attention to the bipartisan spending bill that was just passed to the tune of almost a trillion dollars while our country's deficit continues to soar. A, a, a bipartisan spending bill that she signed off on. I don't care if she took her bra off and burnt it on the State of the Union speech. I'm more worried about that spending bill that we can't pay for that you just helped them pass. And again, it's, you know, it speaks a little bit to the media and where its focus is, but it also, you know, we can't continue to just point our fingers at the media and say, well, this is what you're covering. Because like you said, Nick, there was enough information on Twitter for you to know what was going on before CNN even reported it. So at some point as citizens privately, we got to take some accountability. I mean, yeah, you would think that, um, you know, I've often wondered this way, speaking of the resistance, like, what is it going to happen? Right. Is it, I've always said it's when the people can't afford their cable bills or when the, the TV stops working. But um, yeah, people have got to, to want for change. And I think you're um, increasingly seeing that, although it's not going to you know, foment in this election with a, a Democratic candidate, I don't think. But um, look, I, I, you know, on the, on the one hand, I, there's all the evidence in the world that says, you know, people should be rising up and people should be in the streets. And then on the other hand, it's clearly easy to see how so many people are living hand to mouth that there's no time to go in the streets, right? You can't miss your shift. You're not going to be able to pay your next bill, right? And so, um, you know, I'm not sure how much the quote unquote, you know, average citizen thinks about this stuff. I, I'm just not sure. Let's talk about where there should be resistance. Um, and, and, and let's talk about New Orleans some more because they're going to be uh, front and center, not as a city, but uh, some of their institutions. Um, so I don't know if you read this story, but um, the New Orleans DA was apparently using fake subpoenas um, to bring reluctant witnesses without a court order to court. They not only were sending fake subpoenas to people to come to force them to come to court and testify on, you know, matters light and not so light, but they also used subpoenas to jail. (laughs) This is fucking nuts. They used fake subpoenas to jail real people to put them in real jail when they didn't show up for the fake subpoena. How? They, 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 they mailed subpoenas that said subpoena threatened jail time or fines to bring skittish witnesses, according to the article, to come to the district attorney's office to discuss cases, to tell basically, right? To inform whatever the merits of the information was. Um, And the only thing that was different about these subpoenas is that they didn't have a judge's signature. And that's, that, that, that's the only reason why they got caught. Attorneys from the ACLU filed a lawsuit when they learned. Well, I was just going to ask about the ACLU. Cor- sure. Correct. So when, when they looked at these, they said there are, there, there, there's no signature from a judge here. These aren't real. And so they dug into it. And now there is a federal lawsuit against that DA who get this is arguing that because district, the, 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 the DAs get immunity in, in, in actual cases when they're prosecuting, meaning if, if, if I'm a defendant and, and, and I perjure myself, I can go to prison, right? 
But if the DA says something that is untrue, knowingly untrue, he has immunity, which I think is a bullshit law. That's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother podcast. But in this case, now that they've been caught his office, they are saying that that immunity should apply to this. So they're not denying that they did this. They are saying that they should have immunity because they are DAs. They are, they are a part of the government. Well, of course they're not immune and I haven't seen the story, but I would love to read about it. And it seems like, um, anybody that was convicted as a result of the information attained from a fake subpoena like that, or anyone who was jailed as a result of a fake subpoena like that would have those um, convictions and sentences overturned. It seems like that's what would happen. Although, you know, the world we're living in. You would think there was a quote here, uh, part of the lawsuit. This is the quote, the conduct at issue in this case is far afield from the vigorous performance of prosecutorial duties. It is a fraud on the criminal justice system. Denial of absolute immunity for the conduct alleged in this case would do little to encourage lawsuits against prosecutors carrying out their responsibilities in accordance with the law. Um, real people were in prison because of this. There was a young lady. Um, well, don't hold me to the young lady. There was a woman who was incarcerated for five days for not showing up and responding to a fake subpoena. Again, let me just repeat that real prison to a real person who had a real life, a real family and a real job for not responding to a fake subpoena. That should piss you off people. There should be a well, resistance to that. Yeah, especially if you live in New Orleans. I mean, we we know that New Orleans doesn't have the squeakiest clean history of of governing and policing. Um, and we can post links to examples if you want. But um, yeah, you can't. That's just a gross uh, abuse of power. And I'd have to think that certainly, um, you know, they they the district attorneys can be held accountable and also that there's going to be some, some lawsuits, right? Absolutely. And the ACLU's on it as, as, as they typically are, whether you agree with them or not, you know, they, they, they put it out there when it comes to putting stuff out um, in a transparent manner and getting it in front of the court. So they are busy with that. Here's something else that was discovered as a result of a lawsuit also in new Orleans. Um, <laughs> in, in nine, in November of 2018, a New Orleans Archbishop, Gregory Amond, released a list of 57 clergy members who were credibly accused of sexually abusing minors for decades. Many of those members served as priests, or some of them worked, you know, at high schools where they preyed on children and young, adult, young adults. So what happens is this. There was one particular asshole named George... And I'm going to butcher the last name, so I'll leave it alone. I'll put a link up. But he was removed from a ministry in 1988 after being accused of fondling a seven-year-old boy at a Christmas party. Despite multiple sexual abuse allegations, this dickhead still held leadership roles and had access to school children as late as 2018, Nick. And his name was included in, you know, the, the, one of these 57 clergy members. So what ends up happening is in two, October of 2018, um, you know, there's a lawsuit filed. The victim files the lawsuit and he asked for discovery, which is when you take, you know, all the information that the DA has, the prosecution has, um, and, and, and that, that, that the defendant has. And, and, and you go through it to see if there's anything there to support your case. And it turns out 
that there were multiple exchanges where the New Orleans Saints owner and 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 his wife and and executives of the New Orleans Saints were using um their influence and 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 then their their savvy in marketing um to kind of curate the message and the response to these allegations. And so it's 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 nasty. It's um the Saints are fighting to have um, this information suppressed. They don't want it to become public. Um, the relationship again is between the 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 priest or the head of the church that released the fifty seven names and the owner of the New Orleans Saints. They, they 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 are close friends. They are close family friends. The Saints have donated millions of dollars um, to the church in New Orleans, and 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 that is all fine and dandy. I just have a real hard time reconciling. Um, that they, 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 they are advising, um, someone on how to message the abuse and, um, yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts there, Nick? How about that? Drew Brees though. What a fantastic season. <laughs> not so much, but I know you're not the biggest football fan. <laughs> he had a great season. The team's, uh, you know, it didn't end well. So again, fake outrage versus real outrage, right? It's kind of my theme here. Um, I, I don't, most people haven't even heard of this case, right? Uh, most people haven't talked about it, but no, oh my, oh, well, there you go. But oh my God, I'm sure you've seen how outraged insecure women and males are about Shakira and JLo shaking it up at the Super Bowl halftime. Mm, I mm. enjoyed it. I did as well, you know, and, and I, I engaged with someone in Twitter. There was a, a woman, a reporter who whose work I actually follow and admire. Um, and, and she said, you know, it, it, something along the lines of, you know, here is the NFL once again exploiting these women. Um, you know, it'd be great if they could highlight their talent. And I'm looking at this like, did you watch that performance? Um, you know, there were dances that, that, that are culturally, culturally, uh, very important to, to Colombia that were featured by Shakira. Um, there, there were a number of things. And if all you saw was a strip poll out of that entire performance, there is something going on with you that is wrong with you. And my response to her was, I am sure those two entrepreneurs, Shakira and JLo, who have built empires for themselves, have a lot more control over their brand and messaging and that performance sure. that you're giving them credit for. And I found it just as offensive that it's the NFL, which I'm no huge fan of, that is getting accused of just, you know, rolling over these women and telling them this is how you're going to perform if you want to be a part of this halftime show. I I, I just give those women way too much credit given their history of serial success um, as businesswomen and, and, and performers in the field. And so it's interesting to me the way people perceive things, but you know, to be outraged about that, but not be up to date on this. Come on, people, let's get our priorities. JLo's, JLo's 50 years old. She doesn't need to go out there and parade around her hoo-ha. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave that alone there. Um, but again, if we're ever going to get anywhere, um, as in, in this country, man, we, we, we have to start prioritizing our outrage. You can't be mad all day, right? In the words of Cat Williams, you can't be hard at breakfast. You can't be <laughs> mad at breakfast. Like we have to find some positive outlets and we have to find a way to get rid of the people that are really undermining the democracy. And so when Donald Trump Jr. talks about the resistance, because somebody has a different opinion than, than he and his father in the administration does, um, and wants to expel people. It's a slippery slope, people. It's a slippery well, slope. 
You know what? And I've been thinking about it, but speaking of expelling people, it was something I wanted to talk about that before I forgot, you got Twitter over here kicking off prominent voices, uh, contrarian voices. Zero Hedge got banned from Twitter last week. I mean, um, you know, they've done this before with Breitbart and things, but, you know, speaking of censorship and expelling and slippery slopes, um, look, I know Twitter and, and Facebook are private companies, but when you have the size of uh, the audience and the amount of information that is on those platforms, you have to have some sort of, um, uh, you have to protect freedom of speech, right? And for a corporation to um, ban a prominent voice like that, um, gosh, you know, um, it makes you, <laughs> it makes you wonder what else they're doing, right? There's a reason um, like Twitter supports Bernie, right? There's a reason I only get Twitter notifications when Bernie is making a live stream and not the other candidates, right? Because Twitter pushes out that notification, right? They are controlling the messaging, right? On the positive for Bernie in that sense. <laughs> on the negative, by banning voices they don't agree with on Zero Hedge on the other side, right? And that's very dangerous. Agreed. You want a, you want a good laugh? Because this is breaking right now as well. Again, this is Wednesday because of some scheduling conflicts, everybody. We decided to record the podcast early. And frankly, because there's so much news and it's such a shit show out there, um, we thought it would be entertaining. So the, the official Iowa Democrats Twitter page just tweeted, dun, 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 drum roll, this will make you laugh. <laughs> there will be a minor correction to the last batch of results and we will be pushing an update momentarily. <laughs> Funny, funny, I mean, funny, not funny. Oh, it's certainly not funny that, you know, there's, you look, there's no <laughs> way to won this thing, man. There's just, there's just not. But there was a coin toss. You... <laughs> oh, incredible as well. With, and with nobody verifying who, who, uh, if it was heads or tails. Did you see that? Yeah. The guy who flipped it, the guy who flipped it said what it was. It wasn't independently verified. He was just like heads. <laughs> My, my guy won. Now I'm going to hide it and put it back in my pocket. Y'all can go fuck off with your democracy. Who you think you're talking to? We're the Democrats. Oh, man. We're the Democrats. Oh, um, one last thing for you. And I, 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 like to, I like to speak to, to, to both major parties on this podcast as often as possible. So one more point. I'm going to put links up to this. I won't put a link up to the outrage over Jay-Z and Beyonce sitting during the national anthem. In fairness to Mr. Jay-Z, he said, look... We Rock Nation, the the, the company that 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 he owns, um, put on the Super Bowl halftime show. Both both uh, Shakira and J Lo were clients of the management firm. He said, "I meant no disrespect. It was not a silent protest. I protest in different ways. The performance itself had some protest elements, but we didn't sit to protest. We were just going over the performance. You could argue it's disrespectful. You could argue it wasn't." My challenge to you people on the right is this. If you felt that was disrespectful and you thought that was beneath the flag, you are super entitled to that opinion. However, I'm also going to put a link up to Mr. Trump at a Super Bowl party later that day, um, pretending to um, lead the band, um, tapping people on the back, pointing at people, laughing all during the national anthem. So again, if you are outraged at Mr. Sean Carter and Beyonce Knowles Carter sitting during the national anthem, you have that right. However, if you are offended by that and are not offended by Mr. Trump acting like a 12-year-old while someone is singing the national anthem again. We should have some consistency in our outrage, or maybe we should just find better things to be mad about. Um, and I'll leave A little bit of both. A little bit of both, right? A little bit of both. Quick question for you, Mr. Hodge. 
Yep. Why the fuck is Japan building coal plants? Oh, Jesus Christ. I wish I knew. <laughs> For the same reason that Germany is burning lignite coal and shutting down their, their nukes, it doesn't make any sense, right? Um, so, I, you know, I don't have the full details. This was a story I just saw today that said um, uh, Japan is building new coal plants at breakneck pace. Um, and it, it just, you know, what immediately struck me is, but they got like, I forget how many, 15 or 20 nuclear plants that are still idle that they can restart. So um, uh, <laughs> that's exactly the question. Why the fuck is Japan building new new coal plants when they have a mission-free baseload capacity um, just sitting there ready to be turned on and also just bought a bunch of uranium from Kazakhstan like a month or two ago. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I went off about Germany and how the, you know, thousands of people died as a result of them turning off their nukes and then having to burn more coal last week. This is right in the similar vein. You know, people sooner or later, we're going to have to realize that um, nuclear is one of the main prongs of the climate change solution and um gosh it's radioactive and you got to store some shit afterwards but if you really think that we're going to burn up in a in a fiery hellscape if we keep putting carbon in the air then you better get on board with nuclear couldn't agree more couldn't agree more and you should be careful if you record a private video about that because apparently google accidentally sent some private videos to strangers did you read about that <laughs> i did not but it wouldn't surprise me given the things we talked about on this podcast you know last week we talked about how the the, the antivirus company was selling all your private browsing history and so for something private to end up where it's not supposed to be is, is not a stretch right yeah and, and the, you know google admitted to it they said fewer than 0.01 percent of people and we don't know how many of those are, by the way, who exported data during the time period of November 21st and November 25th uh, were affected by a bug, a glitch <laughs> um, that accidentally right, a snafu. a snafu that accidentally sends some users private videos to strangers. So, um, again, just uh, you should be very aware <laughs> of what you're putting out there, people. It is in the words of Edward Snowden for ever forever um so let's leave that there um let's go back to the markets there were there, there there was some good news this week it seems like we have a market in the metal space specifically gold right now nick companies are busy raising money they're doing so much quicker than they have in the past bigger amounts than they have in the past um, there are companies out there that are rewarding shareholders by putting that money to work in an accretive way. I have to highlight Revival Gold, who had a very, very positive um, news release earlier this week. On February the 3rd, the company announced that, as we had said in, in podcasts past and in our newsletters, we thought the company was on its way towards 3 million ounces. Um, they're, they're right there at it in all categories, 1.35 million ounces of gold in the indicated category, 1.64 million ounces of gold in the inferred category. A lot of good work being done by that team. The stock has been on a bit of a run, complete transparency and disclosure, shareholder, love the management team. Um, they're sponsors of Resource Stock Digest. We also happen to cover them in the newsletter. There's a reason for that. That team delivers, and and despite the recent run-up in the share price, it's still undervalued relative to its peers. If you if you take the the, the most recent metrics on a per gold ounce valuation basis, 
Um, anything to say, anything to add to that, Nick? I want to make sure that we highlight the good guys and, and the good teams that are doing good work in the space as we often get into the stuff that isn't so good and the not so good guys and gals. Well, I think you said it. They're now at 3 million ounces. They're targeting 5 million ounces. The conceptual target for the mill they're contemplating would make them the fifth largest gold producer. Um, in the U.S., they got a nice little 600,000 ounce um, leachable resource there, um, which is what the market and analysts and people like you and I have always liked, a quick path to um, production. I, I'm especially keen and, and accredited investors who follow me finance the story at, at 30 cents, stock hit 84, 85 cents this week. So uh, that's a good thing. We also had warrants that I exercised at 45 cents. So yeah, you are fans. Uh, Look yeah. at you making money in a bear market. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, Toronto. Uh, but look, that's what happens with good projects. And, and look, I mean, with good people in good jurisdictions, with good share structures, the things we talk about all the time, right? Um, Hugh Agro brought in Diane Garrett. I know she's not there anymore, but, um, you know, it was just uh, and it continues to be a, a fantastic project, a Brownsfield project, a project that can um, deliver ounces to producers who need to replenish reserves, which is sort of like the mantra of the company, right? And so, yeah, it's checked off all the boxes and they've executed and um, it's gone well. That's how it's supposed to work. That's how it's supposed to work, although uh, from what I've seen, it rarely does. <laughs> a couple of more important points I want to highlight. They have a very significant infrastructure advantage. And what I mean by that is they have you know, a, a leach plant, they have electricity, they have power, they have water, they have everything in place uh, for a restart on the heap leach material. And, and, and you know, they outlined a, a, a potential restart scenario. They're go going to get to work on a PEA to see what the economics of that would look like. Um, so that, 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 that is one point that I wanted to make sure was, was, was communicated well. I think it's um, often not understood just how much the infrastructure is worth there. It's almost worth, I would argue, as much as their current market cap, despite sure. the current run-up, right? Um, so that's the first point. The second point is you and I were on on on, on several site visits out there, and what was clear to me uh, is that there is significant, significant community support for this project, and that's important. Um, you know, all of the questions that I received when I was out there, and this is over a year or so ago, were not... How can they come in here and do this? Um, it's, do you think they'll come in and do it again? Because of course, Bear Track is a past producing project. And frankly, a lot of the team that put that project into production and did so responsibly um, is still a part of the now Revival Gold team. And there's a lot of goodwill there that has endeared that community to Revival Gold. Does that mean there won't be NGOs that write an article from New York that say, you know, you can't do this, you gotta stop it, it's gonna harm, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever? No, of course not. We always know that there's people out there that 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 don't care about the facts and that, you know, there's gonna be opposition and there may be, there may be you know, valid opposition as, as there always is. But overall, the impression that I got, community support is top notch for this project. Well, just ask my, there's always going to be opposition, even when you're going to clean up the site and leave it better than you found it. They seem to find a reason to oppose you, right? Agreed. 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 Well, we talked gold, we talked copper, we talked Tesla, we talked about why both parties are full of clowns. Uh, anything else that you want to add, Mr. Hodge? 
No, I have a positive story, but we're at an hour. I've been saving it for two weeks. It won't hurt to let it. Uh, no, there for I I need a positive story. <laughs> you want the positive story? I want the positive okay. story, please. By all means, it's a great way um, to, to to end the podcast. So, do you know what an albatross is? In what sense? And, and oh, it's a word. I know it has multiple meanings. The bird. Correct. Yes. It's a giant seabird. It's like 20 or 30 pounds, like a big bird, right? And they fly for uh, a long, long ways, tens of thousands of miles out into the middle of the ocean um, and soar around. And so, you know, I love scientists. I do. Um, and the, so these, this, group of, this group of scientists, researchers, uh, thought up the, a way to catch um, poachers, to catch uh, fishing boats that are um, operating without a license or that are overfishing. And here's how they did it. They put a little tiny two ounce monitor on these albatrosses and um, let them track two different kinds of signals that boats are supposed to emit. Uh, radar, and then this other one, which is like a tracking beacon, which if you're a commercial uh, fishing boat, you're supposed to have a tracking beacon. So Got authorities it. and regulators know where you're doing your fishing, et cetera. Right. Um, and so these birds, they just let them go fly around, do what they do, fly for tens of thousands of miles. And because they like to eat fish, they go and find these fishing boats out in the middle of the ocean. That's just what these albatrosses do. So we're clever so far, right? You following me? So far, so good. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting for the turn. So, that's right. So they, they 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 gauge the two signals. And in like a third of the boats, they were able to detect the radar, but not the tracking beacon, right? That the that they were supposed to have on. And so what does that mean if they all boats have on radar when you're in the middle of the ocean? Because sure. you need to track where you are and track weather patterns, things like that. That third of boats that didn't have the tracking beacon on were poaching. They were either in waters they weren't, weren't supposed to be in, mm. they were catching species they weren't supposed to be catching, or they were catching way too much of whatever it was they were supposed to be catching. In this case, it was tuna fish and Chilean sea bats. And so by using these birds, by using nature, um, and, and these birds want to go find fishing boats out in the middle of nowhere and a little bit of human ingenuity thinking, how can we use this to, to catch poachers? They were able to identify all these boats, like a lot of boats that were poaching millions and millions of pounds of illegal fish. And I thought that was just clever as heck. I think that's incredible. And I hope that the universe deals with the people that were poaching but you know these what? beautiful birds. You know what? You're going to love this. You're going to love this. In the comment section of the article, which was on the New York Times, there were You read the out, comments, Nick? That I normally don't, but for some reason, they were like in the sidebar on this one. I don't know why. They I, tricked I don't you. Know <laughs> yeah, I, I, I normally don't read the comments. But people were upset that the scientists did this. How dare you strap something to a bird? That was like the outrage, right? It's like, get the fuck out of here, right? Like, you can't be mad all the Again, again, everybody, we have to focus the outrage. The resistance should be focused. <laughs> I'll leave it on that note, Mr. Hodge. It's been a delight as always. We should be back to our regularly scheduled schedule um, within the next week or two. In the meantime, have yourself a great week. Be kind to each other. Get mad about the right things. Don't be afraid to disagree. It's healthy. Just do it like a civil human. Anything else you want to add, Nick? That's it. Have a good week. Have a good one, everybody. Go check out Revival Gold. It's hot right now. See ya.